Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. So, Pastor Keith, thank you for the warm welcome. And I tell you, my family, we love you and Angela. Thank you. Um, you all mentioned 12 years here. Um, and it's amazing to see how many lives you all have touched because you didn't come here in the role of lead pastor. You came here to serve and you served our children. And I will tell you, there's nothing that, as I say, touched a parent's heart more in that having someone love your children. And so thank you for loving our children, for loving our teens, which sometimes can be tough, and for loving us um, as pastors. Um, I'll just mention here as we get started, Pastor Keith, we spoke, it was probably a couple months ago with regard to maybe me speaking during Father's Day. And my initial reaction was no. I didn't say it, but that's the thought. That's that voice that was in my head that said, there's no way that I couldn't. In that time, you said, James, just take a couple um, weeks to pray about it. And I appreciate, Pastor Keith, your wisdom in that, because in that time, that voice that said, no, there's no way you could do it. Who are you to stand up before the people and declare the word of God? There was another voice that through prayer came back and said, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. That I have placed a gift on the inside of you. And that there is a word that I will give to you that you can share with the people. So in this time, last couple weeks of and months of preparation, I will tell you I'm grateful for the work that God did in me um, in preparing for this message and being able to just share with you um, over Father's Day. Um, You had mentioned our family, and I'll just mention, um, because I'm seeing some new faces, which is awesome, and I see the growth of our church. Um, Marie and I, we've been here for 17 years now. It was just two weeks ago that our daughter came up on stage as one of the graduates, but when we came here, she started in the nursery. She had celebrated her first birthday here when we'd moved, and we are grateful because she went from the nursery and she's participated in programs. And last night, I took a couple minutes just to reflect on what Victory Church has meant to us. Um, And I think about the mission trips that I was just standing next to Rain, um, our son, Tyrone, our TJ, we went on a mission trip and we celebrated his 15th birthday in Honduras together. That was through Victory Church. Um, Yes. I think about the experiences that my wife has had in teaching and touching so many lives Um, which I call it honor. I was saying it was honor stars, but I believe it's impact girls and the programs evolved over time. But just the Wednesday nights that she had to pour into these young ladies. And I would remember um, just her coming in and it would be maybe 6.30 and she'd be getting ready. And she's like, James, I'm exhausted. And I would see her call it at 8.30 after class and she was full of energy. And I'm like, Wait a second, you went in exhausted, but you came back full of life um, because of just in the process of being able to pour out. um, God blesses you and God gives back to you. So we have truly been blessed. Um, I think about 
the uh, Christmas musicals. Many of you all have seen where we have the kids come up and Pastor Dave and Miss Kathy, um, Pastor Rob, think about all those musicals. I looked back and I got a chance to see just in the past couple weeks where our kids have come from and the experiences that they've had has meant so much to us and it's because Victory Church is a place to call home because you all have made yourself um, available. Pastor Dave talked about being willing, available, listening, and obedient. That's who we are as a church. So it is a blessing to be here, and my wife and I are grateful to be a part of this Victory Church family. God is good to us, and God has been so good to us. As I'm looking over and I'm mentioning my wife, I want to mention my mom is here. So I couldn't be more grateful that she could be here with us um, this morning. And I say to hear me preach, but just to hear, and I say support her son as she always has. I developed a new level of appreciation, Pastor Keith, in these last couple months in preparing for this message because I see how much it takes to prepare and to be ready. And I'm thinking of this took a lot of time and effort and energy. And you just think about the time that it takes and to think that you do it every week consistently. You deliver a word that blesses us, that speaks to our hearts. Um, And so I am grateful again for you as our pastor and being able to deliver a word that speaks to us consistently. And that being said, as I was preparing, um, the natural inclination is like, wow, you're stepping into Pastor Keith's shoes. There's no way you could do what he does. And I agree, there's no way that I could do what he does. And God said, James, be you. Be you. I I didn't call you to be Pastor Keith. I didn't call you to come in and fill in his shoes. I called you to be you. So as we speak this morning, and I'll call this not really a preaching, it's a message, but I call it a conversation that we can have around Father's Day and just taking some time to reflect. And that's really what I believe God wants us to do is just to reflect and to receive all that he is and all that he's doing in our lives. So let's pray and we'll get into the word. God, we've already experienced your presence. Your word says where two or three are gathered together in your name, there are you in the midst. You're here, and we pause now in this service to let you know that we want to hear what you're saying. Your word says that you know what we have need of even before we ask. So it's our ask, Lord, that you would speak, for we want to receive. We open up our hearts to hear your word. We know that there are areas where we can do different. There are areas where we can do better. There are areas where you want to challenge us and revolutionize. There are areas where you want to fill us up. And so our response is yes, Lord. I pray now that, God, you would help me to decrease, that you might increase, that you could use me in this small window of time to speak a word that would encourage and that you would be glorified. We are so grateful for your presence, grateful for who you are. All of this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Pastor Keith had mentioned, um, for those of you that have the Victory Church app, if you want to get that, our first scripture for this time together is going to come 
out of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. And while you're getting that scripture, whether it's on your electronic devices or um, you'll be reading it up here with us, I wanted to mention a couple things about Father's Day. Um, in addition to preparing for this message, taking the time in preparation, I had to do um, some deep reflection on what Father's Day means to me. And I realized that as I'm speaking here and I'm looking out amongst the congregation, I realize I'm talking to fathers, I'm talking to sons, I'm talking to grandfathers, I'm also talking to daughters, sisters, grandmothers. And so we've got a vast audience and very similar to Mother's Day, in which we can't have Father's Day without Mother's Day, so I want to take a second to pause and acknowledge the moms here and say thank you for all that you do. There are some emotions that I say, um, I say a myriad of emotions that will come to mind when we think about Father's Day. Um, oftentimes that might be based in your childhood experiences of what life was like with your parents. Um, those emotions might come from the relationship that we have with our parents today or the relationship that we have with our kids. Um, those emotions and the feelings associated with Father's Day could also um, be reflected in our fathers that may not be here right now or husbands that may not be here. As I was um, preparing in the back, I had a chance to see Miss Kathy. And Miss Kathy, I want to let you know that we love you and that we continue to pray for you and we miss Pastor Dave immensely and that he has truly been a father of this house. Um, and so my dad passed uh, a year and a half ago and many or some of you all were there at funeral services that we had for him. And I'll bring a picture up of my dad and I because this time of reflection really took me back to the, those moments um, of just my dad and I. And I say my dad and I, but just our family and how grateful I am that he was there. And he wasn't perfect. And what I've learned is God never called us to be perfect. Only God is the perfect father. But he was there. And um, I won't make this message or this time about him, but I do want to say that I'm so grateful that I had my father and that he gave us an example in raising our, I'd say, his three sons, my two brothers, and uh, my mom that could be here with us. In addition to thinking about, call it my father, it caused me to think of, what does Father's Day mean to me? And they say a picture is worth a thousand words, so this is one way that I can kind of get a lot of words in. So I have a graphic or a picture that will come up here that speaks to what Father's Day means to me. And so we come into this world, and our point of reference is we're children. And I'll walk you through the pictures, but I want to make this point, and then I'll reiterate it. There was never a shadow of a doubt that my mom and dad loved us. And we had experienced love through our parents. And I'm so grateful that that was our point of reference. 
And now I walk you through, call it just some of the moments in my Father's Day experience, whether it's um, my brothers and I with my dad, um, whether it was the opportunity to pin our son when he graduated from the military academy at West Point, and Marie and I got to pin him and put his second lieutenant bars on. And that, that was a moment, an experience for us. Um, Malachi, when he was born. You know, Malachi's almost 20 now, and I just remember that, like, oh my goodness, I'm becoming a father. So that's me holding him, and by then I'm a newly pinned captain in the army, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, this is real. We, we're, like, we have a family, and how are we going to navigate? The picture in the middle is my mom and dad. Um, they came here from Nigeria in the early 70s, um, over 50 years ago, on a student visa, and they raised three children in Northern Virginia. And the last picture there is the picture of Elizabeth, um, who just graduated less than a month ago. And so all of those moments um, speak to me and help me to reflect and reminisce and appreciate um, what it means to be a father. But coming out of this picture here, I realize, and I want to bring this point up, and I think that many of you all who are parents may be able to identify with this. As I said, I had experienced love through my mom and dad. But when I became a parent, the love that we gave to our children and the love and how it redefined what love was, I didn't know that that's what love was until we had our kids and I see the opportunity that we have to love on our kids. So I am so grateful that God has allowed us to be parents. And it is truly a gift um, that we can be parents and that we get to raise our children. And for those that don't have children, that we get to mentor and that we get to encourage other people um, along the way in their journey. But that brings me to um, our, the title of our message and uh, a scripture here. In reflecting on God's love and reflecting on what God has done in my life, the only appropriate title that I could think of would be the Father's love. And the first scripture I've mentioned uh, comes from 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, and I'll read it here as we get started in our time. And this is a New Living Translation. It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we're already God's children, but he has not shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we know, or we do know, that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. That first line, um, see how very much the Father loves us. I like uh, being able to, I say, navigate the Bible here and read some of these scriptures here in different versions. When we talk about that scripture, um, that was New Living Translation. I'll read it in another version here. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. 
is the, new, uh, the NIV translation. Another version, the message translation, I really like this. It says, what marvelous love the Father has extended to us. And one of the reasons why I believe it was so fitting for us to speak to the Father's love is because oftentimes, based upon our life experiences, it could very well cause us to become, I don't know, maybe the word might be cynical, in that maybe we've had some disappointments or maybe we've had some things that didn't go our way or some areas where it's just been tough in our lives and it's caused us to maybe question who God is and does God really hear me and is God really there? But I hope that this time here as we're looking back and seeing how very much God loves us and that through these scriptures here, we can ask the question because if I went across the room and said, does God love you? The answer is yes. And I think all of us would say yes, we know that he does. But here it says how very much, how much does God love you? And that'll be our time. I want to share a story um, as we go into the two ways that God loves us or two ways that God demonstrates and shares his love with us. And I didn't get permission from Elizabeth to share this, so I might get in trouble here. Um, but it's a, it's a dad story. And it was last fall, um, it was about seven o'clock in the evening, and Marie had called and says, James, um, Marie's truck, or Elizabeth's truck, it stopped on the road, and um, it's broke down on the side of the road, and you need to get here. And it's about seven o'clock, I'm in the office just closing down, and I'm thinking, okay, um, is she okay? And she's like, yeah, James, she's okay, I'm here right now, I'm with her, everything's Good, but we just need you to get over here. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, what could it be? What could it be? But you put your dad hat on and you're like, just maybe, just maybe it could be gas. Just maybe. So I race home and I get a gas can and it's in the fall. So we're done cutting grass. So, you know, you've got to go to the gas station, fill it up. And then you've got to find a little nozzle that goes on it. And you race over there, and it's Maple Street. So it's Route 7 uh, headed out of town. And she's on her way to one of her training sessions. And then she's got evening practice. And so she's been on the side of the road for probably at least a good 20 minutes. And then Marie had to come over. And Marie helped and then or tried to help there. And so I'm there. And I remember showing up. And I pull in. So we've got Elizabeth's truck. We've got Marie's truck. And I saw Elizabeth. And there's a side of me that wants to be mad and like but there was a joy, and I think she knew it too, that we were just happy to see her. We were just happy to see her. So I get out, and you know, I get the gas can, and I'm like, she's like, Dad, yeah, I have no idea what it could be. And I was just driving, and then the car just started doing this thing, and I just pulled over on the side of the road. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know, Dad. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to practice. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, we put gas in the car, and it doesn't start initially, and I'm like, okay, what could it be? What could it be? And then we try it one more time, and the car starts. And I look back at her. And I'm like, Elizabeth? She was like, Dad, I have no idea, because I've actually been lower than this before, and it didn't stop. So, I mean, <laughs> this is not empty to me. <laughs> and, you know, as I'm walking out, I'm like, Elizabeth, do you know how inconvenient this is or was, and she was like, yeah, tell me about it, Dad. I missed my practice, and I missed my workout, and I've still got homework to do. And she says, but Dad, hey, look at it on the, the bright side. Hey, it was just gas. It could have been much worse. 
And that's that dad moment, and that's one evening last fall that I will never forget. So special to me. And even in that moment, even though it was an interruption to call it life and our agenda and what we had going on, that was an experience that I will never forget. And we cherish it, and I cherish it. Maybe it was because she knew to call when she had a problem. And as parents, that's who we want to be. We want to be that first call that our parents make. But now flipping it and looking at God, how much more God when we have a challenge or we have a problem, would God himself want us to call on him? And so as we look here at the two ways, and I'll briefly mention these two ways here, and I hope that, and I'm sure that they're a reminder of how God loves us. Number one is God loves us by guiding us. And the the scripture that we'll look at there is Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11. God loves us by guiding us. And guidance looks different based upon what type of children or child you are. You know, for some children, it's, hey, go do this, and they do it. For another child, it's, hey, if you don't, I'm going to have to get you there and kind of push you along. Or for some that resist and go the opposite way, there might be discipline that needs to be involved, maybe a punishment. But we're fortunate in that God knows what's best for us. So verse 11 here, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11 says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves. For the Lord corrects those he loves. For the Lord corrects those he loves. We've already agreed that we love God and that God loves us. If God loves us, then we see it here that he's going to correct us. And it says, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Um, You know, I'm fortunate, and I say we're fortunate, Marie and I have watched our kids grow up in TJ's 29, Malachi 20, Elizabeth here is going to be 18 next month. And we talk about um, some of the tough conversations we've had to have in disciplining our children. And parenting is tough. Um, Because in loving our children, you know, we want to give them what what they want when they ask for it, but sometimes we have to give them what they need. And need sometimes is discipline. Need sometimes is training. Need sometimes is correction. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about discipline. And verse 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Because we talk about God loving us. And this is love, but it sometimes doesn't feel good. It's not enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceable or peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. We serve a God who loves us. We serve a God who knows what's best for us. And so as a result, sometimes he has to discipline us. As I move on from this point and into our next point here, I say that because sometimes, and I speak for myself and I don't know about you, 
I don't like to be disciplined. I don't like pain. And so as a result, sometimes I reject, and not only do I reject, but I despise pain. I despise discipline. I despise the feeling that it causes because it hurts. And sometimes that can cause me to run from the person that is trying to help me in the process. And I speak to this now because I know that really even before I committed my life to the Lord, I found myself running because I knew that there might be some discipline involved. I mean, how many children are saying, sign me up for discipline, sign me up for training? It doesn't happen. So as a result, I ran from God for a while, like many of you all. But God in his loving kindness still draws us to him. And here we see that that discipline, although it doesn't feel good, is for our good. And that's what God wants. So that's one of the ways in the house that God loves us. He loves us through discipline. And another way, I think we like this one here, God loves us through giving to us. The first scripture that comes to mind, for God so loved the world that he did what? One more time. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. So God gives to us, and I'm going to read the scripture here from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 9, and it says, you parents... If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. Verse 11, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give what? Give what? Good gifts. And who does he give good gifts to? To those who ask him. Those are the two points that I want to hit here. God gives good gifts. And I know that sometimes every request that I make, God doesn't answer with a yes. And sometimes it's because what I'm asking for may not be a good gift for me. I can't remember the expression or um, the point, but it says that a um, gift given um, in the wrong season or when we're unprepared is actually a curse. Imagine giving a child a vehicle when they're 12. They're not ready. Or imagine giving money or resources to someone that's not ready. So oftentimes I find that we ask for items from our Father, and we know that our Father can do it, and He wants to do it, but sometimes He has to withhold it from us. I believe it's in James that talks about that sometimes our asking is with wrong motives. So as a result of our wrong motives, God has to withhold it from us. And sometimes when God withholds what we're asking from, it causes us to be resentful. I mean, imagine Elizabeth sometimes, and I use her because she's here, but if TJ or Malachi were here, I'd use them as well. There's sometimes Elizabeth will ask us for resources or ask us for something that we could give to her, but it may not be beneficial for her. And in our heart, we love her and we want to, but we know that this may not be beneficial for her. Maybe she's not ready. And maybe if we gave it to her in the wrong season, it might cause her to walk in the wrong direction or go down a route that, she, that God wouldn't or that we wouldn't want her to go through. So I say that, that number one, God gives good gifts, and number two, God gives to those who ask. Um, a couple verses before that, Matthew 7 and 7, I think it's a familiar scripture here. It says, ask 
that you might receive. Seek that you might find. Knock that the door might be open. So God wants us to come to him. And when we come to God, that's really an act of humbling ourselves. And that's also an act of us acknowledging that God can and that he is able and that he is our father. And that's who God wants to be. So that's the second aspect. So we've talked about God blessing us and how God loves us through first guiding us and number two in giving to us. Um, I want to, I have a video that I'll show here and it's a quick two minute video and then we'll close after that. But I believe that this story here just captures the essence of a love for a father. And Pastor Keith has blessed us with so many stories over time and just telling the story. And I know I couldn't tell it well enough and I wanted to tell the story, but I said, maybe there's a video that I could show. So if you could please, uh, we'll play this video and then we'll finish up with one more point. Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400 meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redman of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redman is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running which you have to respect a bizarre finish to this first semi-final in the men's 400 meters Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch he's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane And now the pain too much. Olympic Stadium as Redmond with assistance this time approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. So as I begin to close this message here, I thought that it um, was a video that we could bring up and put up there. And there's so much I believe that that could speak to you, whether it was the essence of, as believers, we all fall. The Bible says a righteous man falleth how many times? 
Yeah, seven times. But he gets back up. But oftentimes when we fall, we need help. And one of the takeaways from that video is, what if Derek Redmond's father was not there? Would he have finished? And so, you know, as I close on this point here, the last piece or the last item or the last note or comment point that I wanted to make is that there is a fight against fatherhood. And I'm going to read some statistics here. There's an organization called fatherhood.com, and it talks about the absence or the father absence crisis. And it mentions that 18.4 million children will grow up in a home without a biological step or adopted father. 18 million. And so to put that in perspective, that's one out of four. And for some, that might have been us, in that we grew up in a home where our father wasn't present. But it's the effects of not having a father in the home. And so here are some statistics. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 85% of behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 90% of homelessness and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And it works when we have both. When we have mom and dad, when we have nurture and discipline, when we have comfort and correction. That's God's design. So if God loves us, the other side of the coin is that the devil hates us. And we can't be ignorant or naive of the adversary's devices and how he looks to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to sever the relationship between our heavenly father and us, his children. He also wants to sever and destroy that foundation of the home. But we're here today to celebrate our earthly fathers. We're here today to celebrate our mentors. We're here today to celebrate the great men, I say, of this church and of our homes, and also to encourage you, encourage you to fight the good fight, encourage you to not get weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't faint. I believe that there is a legacy that God has for our families and for our homes, and that when moms and dads come together, when families come together, and God is in the midst of that, he can be glorified and lives can be changed, homes can be changed, communities can be changed, this world can be changed. And that's God's perfect will. So as I close, um, we're gonna have the praise team um, sing a song and we, um, I'm going to ask if everyone would please stand. I'm going to bring Pastor Keith up to close. But I, I just want, again, to encourage you, I, as we're closing here and as Pastor Keith is coming, I'll mention that I had a friend that said, you know, James, I don't do Father's Day services. You know, I, just, I just don't want to get beat up. So I, I love you, but I'm not going to be there. I just don't want to get beat up. 
And so this isn't a message to beat you up in any way. This is a message to encourage you, to let you know that if God before you, who can be against you? And that God has given us everything that we need to win and that we are more than conquerors. And we have each other and we have Victory Church. This is our home. So thank you for this time. Happy Father's Day. Love you. And Pastor Keith, thank you for this time and the opportunity to share. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.